Welcome to the Pitching Backwards Lefties Get Loose podcast. Here are your hosts, Griffin and Welly. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 11 of Pitching Backwards. I am Griffin Fabitz, joined by my co-host Kyle Wellman. Kyle, another week. We're back to talking baseball again. And stuff is still weird, Griff. Stuff is still weird. So last week we started off with all of a sudden this New York Mets star outfielder vanished in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. This week, the big storyline is uh, a Houston Astros coach, John at uh, Ramon Laureano. And that is what incited this benches, you know, the, the this brawl in Oakland. What was it? On Sunday or something like that. Yep. A hitting coach is talking junk, talking trash to the A's outfielder. So bizarre. So bizarre. Such a weird, like, I've always, okay, so maybe I'm wrong in my analysis here, but I've always seen Ramon Laureano as, like, a silent assassin. Like, he's got this edge to him. He has an absolute cannon in the outfield. But, like, he's not that, like, out there and maybe like I just haven't seen it but like I feel like I've watched a decent amount of A's games and the more I think about it this whole th- scenario like what it was <laughs> like, insane I would imagine the league was absolutely furious because that is the last sure. thing you can have especially 50 guys like what a what a almost slap in the face to the MLB maybe yeah that there is a brawl in the first place and that it's the second one the Astros have been involved in right and I have to ask this question did we really not see this coming oh no one has benefited more from no fans in, in stadiums than the Astros agree they would have been crucified just, exactly just I mean, roasted all year. They would. I mean, every road trip would have been an absolute nightmare. Can you imagine? And I feel for him on some level, but on another level, ball don't lie. Jose Altuve. Like, imagine if there were fans in the stands for him to be playing as poorly as he is. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, you're talking about a legacy damaged. Yeah. No one has benefited more from no fans than the Houston Astros this year. They that like that could not have. <laughs> but Griffin, that's up. besides the point. Ramon Laureano tried to kill a man and in the process got form tackled. So let's give a little backstory here. Coming at you, pitching backwards 101 here. <laughs> Ramon Laureano, let's just say in very layman's terms, he was having a very crappy day. Two days. Gets hit three times in a matter of two games. Yep. One of them being the player that he was originally traded for. Yep. So he's just... I mean, he's the saltiest seaman on the planet. Mm-hmm. He's not a happy camper. He, <laughs> the whole scene where he gets hit by the pitch and he's like the pointing his fingers exact. out and showing amazing. him how to throw a curveball. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is like he a Division like, three it. pitching lesson. I saw that on Twitter. On, um, do you follow John Boy? John Boy, baby. Oh, yeah. Every time that something cool happens, exactly. I immediately expect John Boy to come exactly. out and he you did refresh not refresh his Twitter page. Yeah. So yeah, the, this fight started because apparently the Houston Astros hitting coach was talking trash to Loriano. Apparently about Loriano's mom. I don't even know what that means. I heard that that rumor, and I mean everybody's gonna want to try to make Loriano look like the good guy here, but, and you gotta take everything you hear with a grain. Like you're talking about like 
a, an employed professional baseball hitting coach, not even a player, that you're now so saying is dropping yeah. yo mama jokes from the first base. <laughs> Dude, imagine his wife and his kids like watching that at home and just being like, "Is that is that my dad, like, mommy, fighting the A's? Why is daddy fielder? hiding behind it's three a, people? Exactly, he didn't even fight. He's talking all this trash. He's telling him to come here, and he hides." This is such a stupid, again, as if the Astros didn't need that. Fun fact. You know, as if they didn't have enough on their plate. It's just another bad look. Here's a fun fact that people might not know that I heard from our um, older brother of a podcast, Cespedes Family Barbecue, who we quote frequently because we love them. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the only coach still employed from the Houston Chiefs scandal. from that staff? Like, at what point is it like, ah. We should probably cut ties cut with ties. this guy. Yeah. I mean, at some point, it's just a bad PR move to have. You know, you've got Dusty Baker trying to right the ship, and I love Dust Dusty, and I have a soft spot for him because I met him, and he was just an awesome guy. Mm. But like, dude, like smell you. Like you can't tell me there's not one other like it's just stupid look. That was just yeah. So there's stupid. no better option he gets than twenty game suspension, a third of the season, and there's just no place for that. That was, I mean. Let's make a side note here. Um, and Griffin and I have been very critical of Mr. Manfred and the MLB. Good for them. Twenty games, yeah. Like, that's like great. that's if you're gonna make an example of Joe Kelly for his antics, which we, you know we spoke on before, but you need to flip the script, and you can't just keep protecting the Houston Astros when things go poorly. Um. So, so I will give credit where credit is due. I think Rob Manfred got it right. I think Loriano got his six games, which on a hot, hot Oakland Athletics team right now is is dude. That team is so fun, so fun, and there. But that hurts the six mm-hmm. games, sure. and and I think they got this one right. I think everybody who deserved to be punished was punished, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully for the safety of the players, we avoid this. Mm-hmm. As a fan, it it's electrifying. I won't lie, but like you can't have people fighting during a freaking pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we learned this week, too, that it's Charlie Blackman's world, and we're all just living in it. Bad beards, bad defense, lots of doubles. He's insane. It's like a video game. He's like, it was, I saw something, he's, in his last, like, 40 at-bats, he's hitting 500. I mean, and I think it's, I, hmm. he, he could very well be, the first 400 hitter since Ted Williams did it, and I don't, I don't know which year that was, but I 2013. hope... 2013. 2013, <laughs> yeah. That was Ted Williams last year. You're right. Um, I hope if that is the case and he hits 400 over 60 games, I hope that is not discounted. Of course, it's way more impressive that Ted Williams did it over the span of you know a very lengthy season, but even to do that for 60 games... In it's seventeen not, it's not like at bats, yeah, it's not like he's well. It's not like he's hot for a week, right? Sixty games. That's, that's impressive. That's and, and I hope that it's just people, being locked in for yeah, months. Exactly, and like I hope that people don't put an asterisk next to it if, for some reason, he ends up hitting four hundred. Now, do we recognize that? Yes, hitting four hundred for sixty games is much different than hitting for one hundred sixty-two. Of course, but sixty games, like, I, and I don't know the stats on this, but I would. I can't imagine there's been very many hitters that have hit 400 for At a 400 games. clip over 60 games. Right. Um, but but I, I have it right here. I mean, he is, dude. He's 
in he has 34 hits and 72 at bats. Yeah. I mean, at what point and he started off pretty slow. Yeah, like his what was it? Like his first 5 games he was bad. And I mean, I'm looking at it right here. He went 4 for 5 on the 10th, 3 for 4 on the 11th, and he went 0 for 4 today and he's hitting 472. I also don't I I hope it's not a thing if he does break this record of I hope it's not a well he's in Colorado sure that helps but you could put him any ballpark they and, said the same thing break. about DJ LeMay exactly how much do you buy into it exactly I mean in my opinion like the bombs yes yeah but like the line drives to right field he's just a great hits no matter where mm-hmm. you go and Charlie Blackman is a great left-handed hitter horrific outfielder which we love because we love guys who hit and 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 i i've always liked blackman so it's really cool to see him like have this like giant coming out party where people are like wow he's really good Mm -hmm. he's always been a good hitter i mean he is a you know his career averages he's hitting over 300 last week we talked about and maybe i'm guilty of this i said i just don't know if i trust the rockies and i trust their pitching but they're solid they're really really solid their pitching has been a lot better than certainly I expected. They have a lineup that we know can do some damage. Nolan mm-hmm. Arenado is is getting extremely hot right now. Uh, what Charlie Blackman's doing. So I think that this last week has kind of shown me. Oh, maybe the uh, maybe these Rockies can can make some noise. Yeah, I I um, I'm starting to become a believer, dude. What a freaking shakeup in the NL West. I was just about to say, that's become one of the seemingly overnight, like one of the... Yeah. I didn't... It, I didn't, it feels like it's going to come down... It's a it's a three-team race. I don't, yeah. I don't know if we can revive the Diamondbacks too much to where they will vault up to the top of that division, but the Rockies have been surprising. The Dodgers are the Dodgers, and the Padres have been surprising, and we've talked a lot about the Padres because of my uh, recent affinity for them. <laughs> Um, you, you know what's been surprising to me hmm. truly and exciting about the NL West is like, yeah, the Diamondbacks have sucked. Yeah, the Giants aren't any good, but like, they're eight and eleven and eight and twelve. Like, that alone makes it so that like, confession time. I've watched the Houston Astros play the Seattle Mariners, and it's like, okay, we know how this is gonna end. Mm-hmm. Like the the Giants and the Diamondbacks at least give a fight. To where like the Dodgers can't just roll in and sweep the Diamondbacks yeah. and like walk away like, you know, buckling their pants up. Like it's mm-hmm. just like, it's it it's a fun division. It's something I didn't expect. Yeah, and I'm just gonna talk about it again. The Padres, dude, are so fun to watch. This year feels like this is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s like coming out party to the baseball world. That he is absolutely a future superstar. Believe in him. I, I don't even know a future superstar. I think he's a superstar right now. I call him a superstar right now. Plays an awesome shortstop. Hits like crazy. He He's like a big dude, too. Like, he's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like, I don't know. He's a physical specimen. It's people. just so interesting. Like, he's my age. <laughs> I just feel like a loser. Griff, I've seen you uh, meander a Starbucks before, and you move so gracefully. Yeah. But that's, that's I don't my know comparison. That you're... My player comparison. Is over to the coffee world is I'm like Tatis. Jr. If Tatis yeah. was a broista, yeah, it would be Griffin Fabitz. You heard it yeah. here first, folks. Mm-hmm. They're and and what I've been impressed by them is they've had two series now with the Dodgers, 
and they are uh, these games are so fun. Mm-hmm. They are one run games. They are coming down to the later innings and how about that uh, the throw from Chris Taylor? Ooh, what a toss! Like Seattle 94. Mariners legend. Seattle Mariners legend Chris True Taylor. True shortstop. Mm-hmm. Just a good. I saw him in a Pittsburgh airport one time. Was he cool? Um, he was like looking at his phone. We walked past, and my brother and I were like, "That's Chris Taylor," and we didn't want to bother him. I feel like we he's kind of just like a baseball Joe. You recognized him? Yeah. That's impressive. We we watch a lot of Dodgers. A lot of Dodgers. I can watch a, I bet you I wouldn't be able to pick out a lot of Mariners. Like like I would, but like in street clothes, like I don't know that I would know like Joey Gerber. Actually, I probably would. He, he has, has bad hair. Christ, for some reason Chris Taylor like we just knew he I don't know, he just has a very recognizable face. Great player, great stirrup game. Great stirrup. Apparently game. he has an absolute cannon from left field. Yeah. You saw Grisham get super pissed off when he got That out. is also, I feel like, I don't want to, you know, talk about my love for the Padres too much, but Trent Grisham is a really cool story this year. He's been great for them at the top of the order. Just that whole how he ended in Milwaukee last year in the wild card game, mm-hmm. Juan Soto hits that ball to right, it goes under the glove of Grisham, and that is essentially how the Nationals win that game. Yep. So just a very... I mean, he was he's very young. He was super young. I think, I don't know if that was his rookie year last year. He might not he's even. He's young. Yeah, super young. And so for him to just kind of, you know, change the scenery and, and to just get a chance to play every day and, and set the table for San Diego's three, four, five hitters, it's just been cool to see, kind of coming into his own. Hey, guys, it's Welly here. We we'll hope you're enjoying the show. If you're interested in engaging more with us, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at PitchingBCKWRDS. But for now, let's get back to talking shop. We're going to start a new segment, brand new this week, and we're, we're pretty excited to share it with you guys. This segment is called Dear Baseball Gods, and the concept is we each get one wish that we can ask the baseball gods to let one thing be true in the MLB currently. I'll go. You'll go? Dear baseball gods. Yes, Griffin. <laughs> please let the Miami Marlins be real. It's 12 games, and I'm feeling very excited. Is very it, excited. This is, is too much to ask. We just need another 48. Just let the Marlins be good. 48 more games of this. Um, uh, it's just fun to see, one, given all that they went through the last week, two weeks, they have like eight days where they're not doing anything, and all of a sudden they, they come out and they win like five straight or whatever. They have an Olympian as their second baseman, a speed, <laughs> speed skating skater. Olympian yep. as their second baseman. I like Don Mattingly. There's Jesus just Aguilar? Jesus Aguilar, Jonathan VR. It's just a bunch of random pieces. Dude, I'm looking through their roster right now, and it's literally like watch, like looking at like MLB 2K13, like my dream lineup. Exactly. <laughs> they have Aguilar, Francisco Cervelli, Logan Forsyth, Jonathan VR, Corey Dickerson, Matt Joyce. Matt Joyce. Who's like, I'm talking like you're going into the dude. Freaking, they had the amphibian Pat Vendetti's out yeah. there throwing. Yeah, he was throwing he the other day. both arms. Yep. It's like, please, baseball gods. I just, chaos is fun. Like, the, the, it sounds like if teams can't get a full 60 games and they will go by winning percentage. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know off the top of my head if they, if the Marlins will be able to get all 60 in based off the schedule the rest of the way because they missed like a week or so to start. Um, 
but they're eight and four, and the, the Braves, who are a very good baseball team, <laughs> are a game behind. I just and so the longer this goes, the happier I will be because this is, this is chaos and this is fun. I just believe in the baseball gods because of 2020. Why the hell not? Why would the Marlins not just go on and do something absolutely stupid? And this and- is the fun of a 60-game season, I guess. Like like we have said all along, if you have a solid 15-game, 20-game start, who knows what can happen, you know? You're hot at that point, and, and you're going into the home stretch of things. So, And in a league that's been like, I don't think I ever remember... Like, I know we're only, you know, less than 20 games in, but, like, I don't ever remember a league being so evenly matched. Like, it seems like everybody's, like, 500 or, like, a couple games above. Like, you've got the Rockies at 12-6, and six, the Cubs are hot at 12-3, and three. but, like, other than that, like, it's just a whole bunch of, like, 11-7, and 8-10, and 11-9. Like, you don't really have standouts, so, like, why not the Marlins? Yeah. So, dear baseball gods, please let the Marlins please. be legit. Please. Are Please. You gonna, do you have a yeah. submission to the baseball gods? Dear baseball gods, it's Welly. Please let the Houston Astros not win the AL West. I am a fan believer of the Oakland Athletics at this point. Yes. And watching the Astros struggle after the things that they have done to the Seattle Mariners and in the AL West and to the game of baseball... Watching Dusty Baker with his black gloves and his mask over only his nose. Is there a reason for the gloves? I'm assuming it's just because he's old. He's like the oldest. I think he's like the oldest manager in the big leagues. And he's probably just like being careful. Okay. But he's got his, like, I love Dusty. But Dusty, can you just like continue to mess up the bullpen? Because his pitching decisions have just been atrocious. This has been another fun twist too. Like it is... Um, Altuve has been horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And if the Astros, like, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think the worse the Astros are this year, the better it is for baseball, just because baseball fans would love to see it. And I, I hate to be this guy. And if there's any Astros fans listening, I completely apologize because this is the definition of Astros slander. But, like, dude, if they're not good and we think that they were cheating, you know, we know they were cheating in 2017. We There's suspicion that there were other things going on after that. But, like, if they're not good now, it's like, wow. Like, that really damages the reputation. Like, I am glad to see that there are guys that are succeeding on that team. Like, the Michael Brantleys of the world and the, I guess, Carlos Correa is doing, like, I guess I'll mm-hmm. be happy for him. But, like... You know, it proves that they are good baseball players, but, like, to see Bregman struggle, to see Altuve struggle. I don't think Springer's been too great either. No, Springer's been bad, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was terrible the opening, you know, the opening weekend, and mm-hmm. I just, like... It just makes you chuckle. If the baseball gods can just do me, like, one kickback favor, like, I've literally ran so many miles in my life for the game of baseball. I've run so many poles. I've freaking shagged BP, like... Just let the Astros not be as good as the A's. Maybe even like if the Astros still make the playoffs and are still like a threat, but like don't let them be better than the A's. Mm-hmm. And the A's are a, just a bunch of fun to watch. Scorching hot on the sticks. Mm-hmm. Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Ramon Laureano, Chad Pinder. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? 
they're always relevant. It's just, the, I mean, they had, you know, five-ish years ago or whatever it was where they kind of had a few lame years, but it just feels like it's such a well-run organization, and I, w- I would love to see them win the AL West. I think um, the last f- two or three years, kind of them starting to scratch the surface with this core, they it happened at, like, the most inopportune time because that was when the Astros were just Dominant. on another planet. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of fun to see them get this the spotlight that they deserve and they almost won 10 straight the other day kind yeah. of a, they're 8 and 2 in their last 10. Yeah. They have a 20 run differential. They've mm-hmm. scored 20 more runs than they have allowed, which is like looking at it the second tied for the second highest in MLB, tied with the Yankees behind the Twins. I think I saw the Dodgers have like a 36 run oh, differential. Oh, that's sorry, that's in the that is in the American League. Oh, that's League. in the American League. Yeah. Okay. In the National League Yes, the Dodgers are plus 36, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but fun ace team. Pitching is showing up. Frankie Montaz, player of the week, uh, trains in Arizona, actually at my former place of employment. Ah, and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he trains at D-Bat Avondale. Okay. And I have some friends that hang out and catch him when he's home and apparently he's like the most solid dude you'll ever oh, meet. Oh, that's awesome. Which is really cool because he is very, very slept on. Mm-hmm. Changeup is one of the best pitches in the big leagues and oh, by the way, Griffey happens to throw 100 as a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll play. If you had to pick right now an MVP, two-ish <sighs> weeks, Charlie Blackman's my MVP in, in the National League. Dude, who else but Michael Trout? Tearing it up. Pretty safe bet. Pretty safe bet. I'm really not really going out on a limb by saying that. But, like, dude, do you know how easy it would be for me to hate Mike Trout? Like, he could so easily be, like, the vi- the villain. And he is literally, like, one of the most liked players ever. So then I think in the... You're going Mike Trout? I'll go Mike Trout. I mean, in the in the American League, I, I would say Aaron Judge, and he's, of, he's a, if the season ended today, right? Yeah, yes. and these are just you know completely way too early predictions, but we said in the what two weeks before the season, who do you think will lead the league in home runs, and how many do you think he will hit? Aaron Judge is nine. Wow, seventeen games in, so he's a guy who could easily hit twenty mm-hmm. if he carries on this. Trout has eight. So there. Yeah, so the top <laughs> that I have right there, exactly. Trout, Tatis. And and Tatis could be another guy who... I think Tatis's power will even out, and I think he'll still hit 300. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I think he'll probably like end up... My guess is somewhere like 15 range. Not uh, My NL MVP right now, It's it's. I feel like it's a... Eh, I don't know. Charlie, Castellanos, Tatis. Tatis third? No, like those are my three. Oh, those right are your three. Yeah, yeah those, no, those I, I, I would tend to agree. I think if you if the season ended today, I think it's pretty clearly Charlie Blackman, and then I think Tatis is your runner-up. Mm-hmm. But there's some cool guys that are like having really good years. Um, DJ LeMahieu is continuing to rake, but like, what else did we expect? He's awesome, and like, he's just really good. And like silently hitting 431. Mm-hmm. 
Jesse Winker from the Reds is tearing it up. Who, if let me think, I want I don't want to get this wrong, but he rakes right-handed pitching is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think Charlie Blackman also rakes left-handed pitching, which just pisses me off because there's no justice in this world. Like, why can't Charlie Blackman just be bad against lefties and have like something that he's not good at mm-hmm. hitting? But have one flaw, yeah. but he doesn't. You know what makes me happy is I like to see Byron Buxton do well. I've wanted him to piece it together for so long because he absolutely flies, covers so much ground Dude, in center field. Dude, he hit field. a nuke. Yeah. Like, what was it, like 430 feet or something like that? He's hitting 298 and 47 at-bats this year, and that How makes me bombs? happy. Five. Wow. That's, dude, that's like top part of the league. That's impressive. On-base percentage is up a tick to where it typically has been in his career. Um, but yeah, that's a player who is so fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't really pieced it together up to this point. Still relatively young, but yeah, y- you talk about guys who are just kind of coming out of the woodwork, having some pretty solid starts to the year, and he's definitely one of them. Guy we've talked about before, but Trevor Story's tearing it up. Mm-hmm. It's been a really fun season so far, truly. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about this before the show, was like the hitters are struggling. But it's almost like making it really clear who is like a pure good hitter and like who's ironing things out. Mm-hmm. Because you have to assume everybody in the big leagues is a good hitter. But we've always thought like Charlie Blackman flew under the radar, but he was a great hitter. All of a sudden, Charlie Blackman's a talk of the town. Yeah, like he's the man right now. And I still, I, I still think we're a little early to where guys are still getting a routine. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to get into more of a you know, a routine of there is baseball every day, but it, it's still going to take a week or two to for guys to get comfortable. Um, w- one thing we talked about that we kind of wanted to implement m- moving forward, and we're going to try and experiment experiment with this for next week, is send us some questions. Ask us some questions. You heard it here, folks. We want to hear from you. And we will answer them on next week's episode. Within reason. Within reason. We will answer Family one, appropriate. one Starbucks question. <laughs> Yeah. Per week. That's it. Yeah. So we'll put out something on the Twitter, on the Facebook, and on the Instagram that you guys can send us your questions. We want to answer what you guys have going. Mm-hmm. So next topic of conversation is the Orioles legend who didn't quite pan out, but is now apparently the GOAT, Dylan Bundy, right-handed pitcher, plus slider, always felt like he had the stuff, couldn't quite put it together. Dude, he is like... You know, it's no longer the Cy Young Award. It's actually the Dylan Bundy The award. Dylan Bundy. Yeah, it's called uh, the Bundys from the, <laughs> the Bundys. <laughs> so, the Bundys. The Bundys. So, Dylan Bundy leads all pitchers in war, which wins above replacement, um, which is un- pretty unanimously agreed upon the best way to measure a player's production. Mm-hmm. And how Dylan many wins Bundy, he accounts for. Right. Yes. And so, Bundy is 3-1... and one with a 157 ERA, a CG under his belt, 28 innings pitched, only 15 hits, 5 earned runs, and 35 strikeouts in 28 innings, 28 mm-hmm. and two-thirds. That's awesome to see. He needed a change of scenery. The Orioles need, or I'm sorry, the Angels needed it. Exactly. The Angels needed, like, okay, so side note, if this is like an Angels team that could be like that, with like the A's, like magic, like the... Astros skill like you know what I mean? like they literally have the pieces mm-hmm. so like why not pitching has always been a question mark 
Dude, if Dylan Bundy's Dylan, like this they Dylan Bundy. They need an ace. When was the last time they had an ace? Jared Weaver? Dude, don't even talk about that guy. Jared Weaver? Is that I, the last time they had an ace? I'm trying to think. Joe Madden might have pitched an inning. <laughs> um, I'm, Dude, I don't know. Like, truly don't know. I mean, I guess based on the internet hype, like you could call Otani an ace. But he just like, can't stay healthy. Right, and like you don't have ace status unless you've like been healthy and mm-hmm. like been good. Yeah. He just had like the ace stuff potential. to be an yeah. ace. Yeah. But no, dude, I'm with you. I mean I think yeah, I don't think the a- the Angels have had anybody that was like that good. Matt Harvey. The Dark Knight. <laughs> the Dark Knight. In the flesh. Yeah. Los Angeles. Like three years after his prime. Dude, I thought the Angels were gonna make a shot at Garrett Cole. They didn't and here we are. Trevor Bauer's kind of been rumored. That would be a nice addition. He would be like a Cali guy too, I yeah. think. Like he would fit like the bright light well just because he would like be grunting and you yeah. couldn't hear him, mm-hmm. which would be kind of nice if there were a lot of people or like really loud crowd noise. Side note, something that I wanted to talk to you about. Have you watched any Rangers games at home? I can't. No, I can't get excited about the Rangers. Dude, so whoever <laughs> at Rangers sound guy, if you're listening, figure it out. This guy, I'm telling you, the sound of the crowd is so loud, it drowns out the announcers. Like, and it's like a dull, it's like a white noise machine when you're, like, trying to go to bed, but it's, like, uncomfortably loud. So, crowd noise guy for the Rangers, not a huge fan of you. Yeah. I, I'm I sure know you're a um, very pleasant man, so. I know the, um, when the Tigers were doing their summer camp exhibition games, um, they had, there were players who asked like, can you turn the noise down? Because, and I think if you're there and you're a player, like all the crowd noise is there for is, I feel like it's for a entertainment perspective that we see, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of a way to mirror fans. But if you're there, I don't think they mind the, the quiet of it too much. So it's kind of funny that you say that that would be so annoying. So let's, let's use this perfect transition into one of my favorite stories of the week. Of the season, I guess. Have you heard what Zach Granke said about the crowd noise? No. He said something along the lines of he really liked it because on several occasions it stopped people from talking to him because it was too loud. <laughs> and like, is there anything more Granky well, than that? He would he in his start last week or earlier in the week, something like that. <laughs> he would just chill in the stands. He finished his inning and didn't talk to anybody and walked straight into the stands. Exactly. He just hangs out in the stands. This is perfect for him. And a perfect transition into something that I really wanted to talk about. Zach Granke flashing the yes. signs to that the hitters. That is something someone does in the spring. If I saw they, Trevor Bauer do like, that in spring training. For a YouTube video. Like, Granke doesn't yeah. have any social media. Exactly. He was just... Just wiggling the fingers. My favorite to his catcher. If like maybe an underrated moment of the whole thing is so he flashes the sign the first time and of course everybody's like WTF, like what is going yeah. on? If you watch Loriano when it happens the second time, <laughs> he just calls time. He's, he's like, what the he's like, dude, what is going on? And so like you start to think like, is he gonna flash Mind two games. and then throw like yeah. a fastball? Yeah. Or something? Dude, the pitch that he struck or got Loriano to pop out on, it was like a one-two or two-two count, and he literally holds up two and just throws like the classic, like quintessential Zach Granke Efis curveball. He's great at that. He has that like sixty-eight mile an hour curveball that he'll throw over occasionally. He did it again tonight, Greg. Yeah, yeah, he's great at that. So as a hitter, you see that, and again, just like you said, you're like, 
Is he telling me what he's going to throw right now? There's no way. One of my favorite Granky things that one of my good buddies and I talk about at school a lot is um, last season, you have to recognize there's a count difference here, but like there was numerous occasions that Zach Granky threw his changeup harder than his fastball, like at different points in the at-bat. So it'd be like a 3-0 count, like a get-me-over fastball, and it would come in at 86, and then it would be like 3-2, and he would throw an 88-mile-per-hour changeup. That's amazing. Zach Granke, national treasure. Yep. Griffin, I have one more question for you. Go for it. If you could buy one jersey right now, <laughs> and it can't be Fernando Tatis oh Jr. Oh my lord. Um. What jersey are you buying for almost two hundred dollars exactly. for a piece of cloth? Yeah. Go. Um, I really like those those new Blue Jays, like the powder blues. Of course. I would not mind a Boba Shet powder blue home jersey. I love Boba Shett. Um I think that's my final answer. We were Flo- talking Flobachet. Flobachet. We were talking before that I love obviously Tatis and last May I went to San Diego and I bought a Tatis like a jersey, but it was when they were blue. And now that they have changed colors, I feel like I am due for I'm also due for an upgrade mm-hmm. to get a brown and, and yellow Tatis shirt or jersey. But if if I can't say Tatis, probably Boba Shed. Okay. And this is kind of a I don't know if this is considered a hot take or whatever, but I love yeah I love the Nike logo on the jerseys. Dude, I'm I was I love so the adamant against it when they announced it. I don't know why. I just thought it was it would just be. I I don't know why, but I think now they look so clean. There's something about the like colors of them that are cool too. Yeah, I really like. Are you ready for my jersey pick? Yeah. I, I'm not going to wait around for you to ask. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Give me the Tim Anderson jersey. Dude. Give me the black and white Tim yeah. Anderson no, jersey. No, I like the I like their alternate jerseys, the like the blue and red. Dude, the I'm just a, the the black and white just looks crisp to me. Yeah. I love Tim Anderson's a fun guy to watch. Awesome player, very underrated. Mhm. He, uh, batting champion. He did his freaking awesome bat flip did thing that today. where he like, leans backwards, yep. Yep. and he's the man, and I love him. I watched mm-hmm. that game today, and I freaking love Tim Anderson. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, guys, we're going to put something out on social media. We want you Ask to send questions. in some questions. Ask us some questions. Engage with us, and make sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening, and leave us a review because it helps us out a ton. So Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into Pitching Backwards, Lefties Get Loose, a podcast about all things baseball. Give us a follow on Twitter at PitchingBCKWRDS and join us in loving America's pastime.